Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode from Setting the Tone which is proudly brought to you by our sponsor the Guitar Ninja Academy. Today's episode is all about the band Sugar Horse. It is a Sugar Horse special. Stick around because we'll be telling you what that entails right next on Setting the Tone. Hello everybody and welcome to today's Sugar Horse special brought to you from Seth and Tone, uh, sponsored by our sponsor, the Catalan Ninja Academy. Um, we'll be playing a couple of tracks from the album to give you an insight of what that sounds like and then we'll be going straight into an interview with Ash who will be talking to us about the mating of the album, some of the stories, some of the insights um, as well as some other bits of information that are coming up from the band. Uh, the first track that we're playing for you from the album is Shouting Judas at Bob Dylan, which is a fantastic title. Stick around because that's coming right next, and then we'll be going straight to our interview with Ash.
everybody i hope you enjoyed shouting judas at bob dylan there from the band sugar horse which is taken from their debut album the uh, live long after via small porn records and it's out on the 27th of august some really sludgy riffs there and some awesome guitar tones i really enjoy that track coming right next for you is our interview with ash um as i said we'll be talking about the making the album some insights as well as some other bits of information that is coming up for the band stick around because you won't want to miss this interview Welcome to Ash from the band Sugar Horse. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Sugar Horse are new to myself. I've only just about to get into you guys over the last week, two weeks. Um, and they're from Bristol. To date, uh, they've got a few EPs and they are working on an album. I will give you the list of EPs. So um, I hope I pronounced this correctly. They've got an EP called Druge, which came out in 2019. Um, I believe Geek Eat, um, Geek Eater followed up in 2019. In 2020, saw Pit, um, Pity Party, The Great Shame, uh, single Richard Branson, Sky of Diamonds, which is absolutely a phenomenal title. Um, <laughs> Drugs, The Great Shame followed. Um, this year, they're working on the album titled Slam Dance, Dancing in a Burning Building, and they have released a single of that, to, um, which I believe is slightly outdated because I think another one came out this past weekend. Um, but that single was Spill Spectre in Hell, which again is another funny title. Um, Ash, over to, over to yourselves. How did um, Sugar Horse come together? Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, a, a couple, a couple changes on the titles there. Sorry, we released. No, please go ahead. We released, we released stupid singles all the time, and it makes things complicated. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, the, the the first EP is called Drudge. It's just spelt fucking stupidly. So um, uh, yeah, just with a J for some reason. Really <laughs> uh then gak eater uh then we put out drugs uh which was last year uh the great shame after that which was single well 13 minute single still counts um and then slam dancing in a burning building was uh uh the first single from last year um the album's the album's called the live long after that's it and that's due on the 27th of this month isn't it i believe yes yeah 27th 27th at least I've got something out of that list. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's uh, it's long. It's long and complicated. We put out too much stuff, but we get bored easy. I think. 
well that's what it's about it's about keeping content keeping relevant um, and it's hard to do it really is yeah um, yeah so awesome right we'll pin back to the question because i Sorry. Got my, <laughs> no 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 thank you for correcting me because i've got because idiot here got his information wrong so now he looks very foolish and he's taking okay. a slight diversion no don't apologize it's me it's me for being an idiot um so anyway the journey of sugar horse how did that come about oh it was just uh me chris and sav the drummer we uh we went to uni together um mm -hmm. we've kind of We've always kind of intersected in a couple of different bands from there that were all right. They weren't very good. And uh, me and Chris moved to Bristol after uni and just kind of, uh, we were living together for ages. And we just kind of kicking our heels for just being lazy pretty much, you know, just procrastinating. Um, and there was, there was, at the time, there was like quite a big like, uh, like math rock and post rock scene um mm -hmm. in bristol and everything was very drawn out and very complicated and um very like you know musical and i'm not trying to slag off those bands i love some of those bands but mm -hmm. um we we just we just thought it'd be cool if um <laughs> if if some really simplistic music came out um so that kind of started to snowball and then uh we got sav involved on drums um and then chris uh sorry jake joined christ i think it was early 2019 maybe early or late 2019 i can't even remember now but um yeah it just it started off as kind of just a bit of fun to be honest um didn't really get serious until we put out the first ep and then it got a, well it didn't get very big but it got a lot bigger than we thought it was gonna so um kind of snowballed it's been kind of organic it's been nice yeah, cool. Seems seems like you say start off as a bit of fun, and before you know it, things are getting serious. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you can tell by our stupid social media handles that <laughs> it did not start off as a professional entity in any way, shape, or form. It is what it is. Some some of those best laid plans are those that just happen, I guess. Um, <laughs> or, or as you say, organically. Um, as of, as we said, the debut album is nearly upon us. Um, I guess what what are you guys all kind of thinking? What's your thoughts on that at the moment? It's a bit, is it surreal to kind of have this product ready to go? It's been mad. None of us, actually Jake has, but uh, me, Chris and Sam have never been in a kind of band long enough to put out a full length. So, um, yeah, it feels like quite ominous. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. I'll, I'll probably start feeling it properly a couple of days beforehand, but um, it's been a lot of hard work. We like went in the break between lockdowns. Um, <laughs> we went we went up to Leeds last year to record it. So um, that was in October. Um, so it's been a bit of a wait. I mean, it's pretty standard for album releases, I guess, but um, I'm a very impatient man. <laughs> um, so it felt like fucking forever but yeah it's it's also pretty surreal i mean like the fact that we have like a a label that want to put it out and yeah I've, I've just been used to being in real crap bands that no one cares about and having to do everything yourself and then you you work real hard put something out and then no one cares about it afterwards. <laughs> so it feels um yeah it's, it's pretty surreal but um 
that there seem to be a few people at least um, that are kind of excited for it. So that's cool. There's obviously clearly something that some guys, some ladies or whoever maybe have seen in, in Sugar Horse and gone, that's what's missing right now. That's what we need on our, on our roster. So that's pretty cool. That's that yeah, it's nuts. Cool. It's nuts. Um, the, the weirdest thing about it was we, it was all kind of started during lockdown, like over email. And um, we didn't even meet anyone at the label until we went to Brighton to record some live sessions like a couple of months ago now. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a full like, it's like about nine months um, of planning to put this record out just via email before we even met any of them in the flesh. It's quite a surreal experience. And we have lots of like uh, <laughs> friends that are dickheads, really. Um, so I, I was kind of thinking, like in the back of my head, is this some kind of like elaborate hoax? And is this just one of my bastard friends like <laughs> playing some <laughs> massive practical joke on me, you know? But no, they are real. They're real people. I've, I've touched them. So, um, you know, know they're real. <laughs> no, no. I, <laughs> we've, we've all got. Um, We've all got those mates that play practical jokes. Like, I'm, I'm going to throw him under the bus. I've, I've, he knows all about this joke. So I've, I've got a friend that I ran up um, a while back. He booked he booked tickets for something. And I, I ran up saying, hi, um, James, this is uh, so-and-so from Ticketmaster. Just let you know your car payment. I was like, oh, that was it. It was to download Test Pilot. Oh and, I ran up, and I said, uh, so-and-so from Ticketmaster, just let you know your car payment hasn't gone through. And um, there was just a couple of bits that just gave it away. Like, I, I started cracking up, and he knew it was me. And it's like, Rob, you're a dickhead. And it's like, so we've all got those mates, and we're all di- we're all di- guilty of it. But that, hey. that is that is pretty good. That is pretty good. I remember in uni, um, Chris Chris rang me up. Um, like I was super hungover one morning, and he rang me, and he put on this like weirdly convincing Scottish accent, and um, said that he was from like he was. From, <laughs> He was from the electric boards, and then he did like the classic, um, is your fridge running? And then I like w- fucking ran downstairs, checked it, <laughs> and then he did the like, well, you better go catch it then. And he never lets me let it, he never lets me like live it down. <laughs> oh, well, well, for being yeah. this, this is it. Can't believe I fell for it. <laughs> you won't you won't next time you won't next time ash that's the way oh, I'll, tr- I'll try not to <laughs> you you mentioned there about like one of the challenges is been dealing with a label via email which kind of leads on to how has the making the album been through this pandemic because it's i don't know about you but it's, it's kind of felt very stop start as a pandemic I mean, it's kind of felt like it's gone on forever and ever and it's a weird sci-fi movie that we're going to wake up and go oh we watched that for three hours um but what was that the, probably one of the biggest challenges to making this album um kind of a lot of it so all of this record including and everything that we've done before has been um i've had quite a big hand in actually making the records so um essentially we find a studio that we like um, and this time we find, found a studio called The Nave in Leeds, um, a bloke called Andy Hawkins um, very kindly offered um, to produce it for us. So uh, we went up and kind of laid down the kind of basic instrumental tracks there. Uh, mm-hmm. it's all, that kind of stuff's all about finding a good room. And um, when he emailed, I, I looked it up and I was like, oh, this is a church. This is very on brand. 
<laughs> we've got we got to record the record in a church um so we went up there and kind of laid down the basic tracks and then we have a little studio room um here in bristol um that we can kind of come and go from as we please really um so it wasn't it wasn't too challenging um i guess uh, it, it's slightly annoying that we couldn't um that the guys couldn't like come over and listen to the mixes like with me um but yeah it hasn't been hasn't been too challenging yeah we just kind of like laid down a million more guitars as we like to do um here in bristol and then i did a bunch of vocals and mixed it so yeah it's been pretty good i mean if imagine well i, I can't imagine if, if this pandemic had happened about 20 years ago when everyone's still working like on tape and the internet wasn't mm. really going strong it would have been impossible but um thankfully we live in this like 1984-esque <laughs> digital <laughs> age um yeah that's pretty cool was did you guys all kind of able to record it together or did you have to do different parts via zoom or skype or anything like that though um, no we were so uh we it was right between lockdowns and the tier system at the time kind of worked out just right so we could all go up um, okay and do it together i i'm not i'm not into i'm not really into records where everything's like recorded super separately and like gridded to the click track and everything sounds super perfect i like records where you can um where everyone kind of plays together in the same room and you can hear like the energy there you know what i mean yeah um, no, i get so, that but thankfully thankfully we could we we were able to do it like that um it, i i don't i think i would have just waited otherwise um because it just wouldn't have been right would have sounded like sugar or something i love sugar, <laughs> but um but yeah but that's not what we sound like <laughs> no i get where you're coming from like everyone's i've spoken to a few different bands and they're like oh we have to you know we've got fortunate like, like yourselves and we're able to do it all together some have had to do it like different parts here and there but i get it if that's what you want and that this is you know this is the debut album that you're putting out obviously i want i get you want it to be as best as it can be in the way you want it. it's like i get that i'm sure i'm sure others will yeah um, i think that's i think that's been the main pressure of it like uh normally we record in like uh little studios that are like run by friends like all our older stuff was recorded in this place called joe's garage um in bristol which is a really nice studio but it's a small little studio um and i know the people there um so mixing it afterwards there isn't that much pressure but we went up to this massive like converted church studio that was super lovely in leeds and all of the sounds that we got there were incredible and I think the most pressure of this record has just been getting that back and then me thinking, I can't fuck this up now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. What's the um what's the overall message or story behind the songs on the album? Is there anything that you guys are kind of wanting to say and you you feel like you've achieved that? Um, it's that I I don't think there's one particular message. There's kind of like there's there's a there's an underlying kind of thread um, to all of the songs, which is um, it's it's kind of a fear, a fear of the future, and um, the kind of basic like human human fear of not being able to quite grasp what the future is going to bring. If you know what I mean? It's um, and 
a few of the songs kind of tackle that from different angles, but um, that's the general idea of the record. It's, um, yeah, it's, I guess it's like classic existential dread stuff, but it's like, yeah, it's just, it's just a fear. It's just a fear of that lack of control, fear of not knowing what's coming. I feel that's quite relevant um, at this time, considering that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird because that kind of, theme we were batting about before the pandemic happened well like we had maybe three or four of the of the songs for the record completely written before the pandemic happened um mm. and yeah that theme was already there and then this kind of i was a couple months into the first lockdown i was like this really fitting to kind of where everyone is at the moment like they don't know don't know where the world's going to go after this you know yeah it's 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 been interesting because obviously we will be dealing with the pandemic and then this week obviously the the, the afghan the afghanistan situation has kind of just come out of no well it probably hasn't come out of nowhere but it feels like it has so it's like like you say there's it's just so much and i've said to my wife openly over the last few weeks that i feel very on edge in the set in the sense of that it's great that i'm able to go and see my friends that live far away from my hometown it's great that we can go, we've got gigs booked, whether it be Trivium, Creeper, whatever we're going to do. But I just feel like I'm on edge, like it could all be taken away. And I don't know when that could come or when or how or what. But, yeah. Well, I think, I think anyone sensible feels like that as well. Like it's only, it's only the people that don't think the pandemic is an actual thing that don't, don't feel like that. I mean, nothing's, nothing's straightforward, is it? Like it, I'm, I'm happy that I can go see shows and stuff now, but it's also... There's also still that kind of fear that um, when you go out, like I went to a show a couple of weeks ago and there was a basement venue there, um, which is quite small. And the whole time I was in there, I was like this weird fear that like, what if, what if I somehow transmit this to someone else and they die? You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, it's that weird, like n- nothing's, nothing's straightforward. Like just because we're just because like freedom day happened or whatever for the, benefit of the listeners i did invert commas there um <laughs> just because the freedom day thing happened or whatever doesn't mean this is over it's just um we're just in a different level <laughs> now yeah you know what i mean what was interesting i've without getting too much into it i've questioned it so much from different angles and i think the thing that really has irked me more than anything is that i call it the fear tap and we've had people saying don't do this don't do that it's it's dangerous it's dangerous. and i don't get me wrong unfortunately people have unfortunately lost their lives people lost jobs um homes and and whatnot because of it but then to put this fear tap on and then to preach and then people like matt hancock and everyone else doing completely the opposite it's it's like you're the, you're the pinnacle you're the leader and you're not leading by example you're expecting the rest of the public to kind of it's been very weird very very weird and hopefully this is it and i'm sure it is but i don't know i honestly don't know maybe we'll know more when we get to 2020 next year it kind of feels like it's gone in stages that last year was a full start because we didn't have any sort of uh, vaccination this year we was hoping because of the jab and maybe it's just year by year i don't know no one does yeah, I guess. yeah it's quite it's it's quite difficult like um yeah well it's it's just it's just not straightforward is it you won't you can't sum up the the way forward from this in like a simple even if we talked about it for an entire two-hour podcast we wouldn't even come close you know People have been talking about it for like a year and a half now and they're no closer to having a, a good answer. Um, it's just not, it's not, 
it's not as simple as picking a direction and sticking to it. That's, that's not um that's not how the world works, is it? So no, I, I think I'm quietly I'm quite I'm quietly optimistic that um things will get better now. I mean it it didn't seem it didn't seem that way like at the end of last year. Uh, that was quite a bleak time on it. But um yeah, I'm quietly optimistic that we're kind of on the way out, but how long that way is gonna take is beyond my comprehension. No, that's fine. I think just to close on that, I think that the best way to put it is it's all about context. Taking it in context, that unfortunately, that people will catch it. Unfortunately, some people will still pass away from it. Um, but it's about putting it into context and breaking down who's been jabbed, who hasn't, and all that sort of scenario. But I think we'll get there. I think we'll get there in you know a little bit at a time. Hmm. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm going to get back to something that I picked up on about an hour ago, um, and I wanted to ask you. So, have you? How have you guys approached each sort of um, whether it be single EP compared to the album recording? And have you, have you had a formula? Has that formula changed? Um, the reason why I'm asking this is one of the things I noticed, and I was listening to um, shouting at Judas at Bob Dylan, and then I was listening to uh, Fat Dracula. And one of the things I kind of picked up was in shouting at Judas Bob Dylan, it kind of had like a, a Beastie Boys kind of vocal style. And then wow. when I was listening, okay. to, when I was listening to Fat Dracula, I kind of picked up on like, like an old school synth, a bit more like synth pop, like Ultravox. And then it kind of went like in like a bit more of a not aggressive, but a bit more hardcore vocal style as opposed to that. Very different vocal styles between the two tracks there. So that's right. why I'm asking that question for you. <laughs> um, well, we've got a couple band rules um, that have been in place since the start. Um, I won't list some of them because some of them are boring and technical, but everything's got to be pretty slow. Um, everything's got to be as simple as possible. So no complex bullshit no um no genesis wank as we shout at each other in practice um and yeah there's just like a couple that we we, we don't like we, if we play something we we think sounds very similar to something else we'll we'll scrap it immediately regardless of how good it is um just because that doesn't really interest us we like um we like tr i mean we're probably failing at it um, because most people do when they try to, but um, we try to do something relatively new, relatively kind of fresh sounding, as lame as that sounds. Um, as far as like the kind of different styles, um, I think I, well, we just get bored real quick. So um, like I, 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 I love a ton of bands that have sounded the same for like 30 years. Like I love Slayer. Metallica have essentially sounded the same for quite a while. Um, I love those two bands, but I, me personally, if I was in one of those type of bands, I would get very bored by like halfway through the first record, I think. Um, so we like to kind of mash stuff up. And we also find like the juxtapositions of stuff super interesting. Like with the, with the heavy bits, heavy bits sound heavier if you put them next to something that's not at all heavy, you know what I mean? If it's just heavy, if it's just heavy the whole time, it's just like you get you get numb to it pretty quick. You get the initial kind of shock of it, maybe for one or two tracks of a record, but then once that shock's done, you get kind of acclimatized to it, you know. Um, so we like to kind of put like a stupid, like quiet melodic bit, 
right next to a heavy bit and it kind of makes both of those bits seem more extreme you know i think i think that's valid and um, like you say that to the to the listener to the listener and uh, if you've got a heavy track that's what they're going to be used to from start to finish but if you've got a track like say dracula pat dracula where it's constantly changing you're on your toes and not just that i really like the fact that you've made the point about sounding different i think I'm not going to slam any bands by what I'm about to say, but I think one of the things that's really gotten to me is that there's um, a particular guitar tone that's been used by a lot of different bands. I know, I know the exact thing you mean, yeah. And it's really, really gotten to me, like, to the point where I got sent something to review and I was like, I listened to it, I was like, no. And then I thought, why? And I was like, because it sounds like everything else I'm hearing right now. And it was, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to name names, but it's from a European band. It's like, oh, so that British guitar tone has transcended into bloody Germany. Uh, great. Um, you know, and again, I guess I'm not going to knock, I'm going to take Iron Maiden as the pinnacle example I've got. I'm not necessarily a big fan of Iron Maiden. Um, I respect what they've done. They've got a fantastic, had a fantastic career to have. But for the most part, everything sounded the same to me. But I guess that's why they're successful because I, I mean, respect what you're saying about trying something different is essentially what I'm getting to. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think maybe... It's well, it's the age we live in, isn't it? I, I don't I don't think it's it's really good enough to um, just sound the same on every song you do now. Um, I think you have to show some kind of level of um, of oh, I don't want to say bravery. Okay, I'll say bravery, but I mean something that's like bravery that doesn't sound wanky. But you got to show some kind of bravery um, to. To kind of push out in different directions just because i think it reflects the kind of world we live in where there's this kind of barrage of everything at once you know with the internet you can you can go on spotify and listen to fucking bob marley then like dark throne and then dr dre in the space of 10 minutes you know mm. that really wasn't unless you were someone like fucking john peel um that really wasn't an option before um, and now it is, and I think writing music that doesn't really reflect that is, um, well, for, for me, it would it would feel kind of inauthentic. It would fe- it would feel like a retro thing for me, like it mm. would feel like one of those bands that dresses like they're from the seventies and sounds exactly like Led Zeppelin, but it's twenty twenty one. That kind of feels the same. Um, as do it just doing the same song <laughs> for three albums you know yeah um, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about with that kind of guitar tone thing um yeah it's 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 getting a little dull in it <laughs> yeah like i think i've always um gave wanting to be in a band or being successful in the music industry like the analogy to being like a young boy wanting to be a football player like Every well, not every boy, but a lot of boys want to be football players, and not everyone's going to. And it's the mm. same with people wanting to be in a band or in the industry. It's not always going to happen. And I always try and say, what What's different about you? What's whether it be your sound, your image, or your stage presence? What is different about you? Don't you know? Not everyone has to sound the same. And I get, I guess maybe it's because two or three bands seen it's worked for five bands, and they're like, well, that's working, so we'll do it. And I, I kind of get that to a point, but. Be, try and be original. Make make you be you. I guess is what is the message. I think that's a big part of it as well that you kind of just said, where um, a lot of people think of it as wanting to be in the industry, wanting to be like in a 
in an industry band. Um, and not ever, not everyone, there's still loads of people that think this way, but I think we've kind of slightly lost the, um, the kind of naive, wistful thinking, I'm going to start a band just because it's fun um, or just because I'm obsessed with doing this, um, which is certainly the way I think. I don't, I rarely stop thinking about um, music. So it's, um, and I very rarely think about like uh, wanting to, I don't know, win a particular fucking like award or something, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, that, that doesn't really bother me. I, what excites me a lot more is when I've written something that I think is um, that I think is somewhat interesting, and I've recorded it on my crappy like iPhone recorder, and it'll be like <laughs> me as quiet as possible, like whisper screaming or something. In my, I find that way more exciting than um, I don't know getting a ten out of ten review from a reputable uh online mag you know that's fair that's fair um aside from obviously being busy making the w album what else have you guys been up to is there anything you've been up to anything interesting oh god um a lot i i well i i recently um well i've got i've i've got a uh well she's almost two now but i've got a one-year-old daughter um so so that's that's uh, always fun slash hell on earth (laughs) um and yeah to be honest um the band thing is quite a big part of my life so it's what i do quite a lot of the time um and uh, and uh, i i know a lot of people have had a hard time during the um the lockdowns and the pandemic and stuff but I'm not I'm not an outside person. I know that sounds weird when I'm surrounded by all this light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but I, I quite like sitting in, in a room in the dark and looking at a computer screen or um, uh, twiddling knobs on a fucking fuzz pedal for hours on end. I'd much rather do that than kind of like go out and meet people. So um, it's been quite nice to have an excuse not to go outside for quite a long time. <laughs> no, that's fair that's absolutely fair I'm, I'm also pleased that i've been able to give you i don't know your one hour lighting after, for the day for the for feel i'd sit in the kitchen and do this interview so i don't, I don't know what it I, I didn't do this on purpose but it does make, it does give me a, like an air of like uh like holiness doesn't it well, definitely and like from, from the camera on scene there's like a lot of bright light and it's like if we got like a canvas and put it up um yeah it'd be like a religious portrait (laughs) enjoying it normally it's quite dark in this kitchen but um yeah tonight not so (laughs) awesome is there um a favorite track or a a highlight from the album and if so why why is that your favorite uh favorite track um i really like uh, people won't have heard it yet there's a couple. The, the last two songs I really like. Um, but the last song, Las Vegas Showgirl, um, that song's got a lot of twists and turns in it. I think it's I think it's quite inventive in the grand scheme of things compared to our normal output. Um, that's probably my favorite like heavy song on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also got about six million guitars on it, so <laughs> and I always enjoy that. 
the more guitars, the better. Um, uh, but there's a second to last song. Um, Dadcore World Cup is is like a it's like a, to me it sounds like my bloody Valentine meets like the Flaming Lips or something. I quite like it. I quite like the goal of um, having a heavy record where that's the second to last song on it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Why not indeed? What is um what's next for you guys as a band? I appreciate right now we're all, as I said earlier, feeling kind of on edge and God knows what's gonna happen from one day to the next, but have you guys got any plans, any tours or uh, other projects uh, at all? Yeah, so we've got uh uh so coming up we've got a launch show for the for the album in Bristol. Um uh, a lovely venue called the Exchange. Um, I can't wait for that. That will be our first like proper live show back. And they've just had a new PA put in, and we've got a load more guitar amplifiers than the last time we played there. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to like shake the building's foundations. It's going to be good. Um, we're also playing Bad Pond Festival in Brighton, which is run by our record label Small Pond. Uh, that looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. The lineup is amazing. Uh, we're playing Portals Festival in London um, on September the 11th, fitting. Um, but yeah, we're, we're playing that and the lineup for that is crazy as fuck as well. Um, and then after that, we were gonna go out on tour with um, a band called Benart, which is like a solo project. Um, from the ex-lead singer of a band called Ocean Size. He also plays guitar in Biffy Clyro. Um, but unfortunately, Ooh. he's had to drop out for COVID-related reasons. So um, we're currently trying to piece together a little tour to fill that void. So, um, so depending on when this podcast comes out, we may have announced something by then. We may not have. It's all kind of up in the air at the moment, but we'll see what happens. No, that sounds good. Um, the, this episode should be going out, depending on how quickly I mix it, next week. Um, okay, cool. For ne next Friday, Saturday. So a little bit of work over the weekend, but keeps me busy, keeps me occupied. It's all good. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a little bit of fun, quick fire questions to close out the interview um, oh, yeah. for you. Um, who would you like to make a record with and why? Oh, my God. Um, I would love make a record with uh there's a guy called damon damon pumagen i apologize if i've mispronounced that that name um he's the singer from a band called the swirlies um who i really love and i think he's a genius i'd love to make a record with him um <laughs> uh, i'd love to make a record with elizabeth frazier from the cockley twins and i'd also love to make a record with matt pike from sleep <laughs> Let's go for those three. It's a really diverse range. So <laughs> but I like it. Go, those guys out there, if you're listening up, Ash wants to jump on the record, make one, make it happen. Um, oh, I'm not I'm not sure if you're a fan of comic books, but what side of the fence do you sit on, Marvel or DC? Oh God, I I used to be. I'd probably go for DC. It's a bit um, it's a bit darker in it. DC comics they tend to be, so I'd probably go for that. Yeah, I, I would say better comics, but Marvel make probably the better films or have them historically. Um, I'm, I'm not a superhero movie 
guy, to be honest. What's I like, your... um, I like, like, boring, like, um, hipster fucking, uh, like, Eastern European films where it's black and white and nothing happens for two hours. That's... <laughs> <laughs> There's too many explosions in comic wow. book films. <laughs> that, that... <laughs> There's, um... There's not many of those films that have been queued up to come out for release, I imagine this year. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, no, fair. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, what, was the, uh, what was the last album you listened to? Oh, the last album I listened to, I, I have a cheeky... Uh, well, someone sent me a, a leak to um, the new album by a band called Low. Okay. Um, who, were, who were like... Normally they're like a really quiet, like intense, like quite beautiful, like singer-songwriter trio. Um, but they're about to put out a record called uh, Hey Now, I think, um, which is one of the most amazing things I've ever heard. It's like mad, like hard techno with like gospel over the top and like, Mersbo noise, just like insane. Like I, like, I can't wait for other people to hear it so I can fucking chat their asses off about how amazing it is. But yeah, I would recommend um, when it comes out. Proper good. Okay. So, so I've got this to refer to, so I'll listen back to this when I've got a reminder. So that's, that's a positive. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Listen to it really loud through headphones. <laughs> Um, if you could put a band together, who would it be and why? Um, do these you can either have a live artist or um, dead artist. Oh god, I could put a band together. So I got to pick the people in the band, or or bring bands back to like a, a split up um, band back together. It's I guess it's up to you. So you could either put people like pick people that were in a band that split up, and you could put them in your bands. So if you I guess oh. if you were the, if you were the lead singer, you were, and you were just building your your band around you uh oh god if i was the lead singer fucking hell um i'd pick uh matt pike from sleep mm -hmm. and uh kevin shields from my buddy valentine uh both of them on guitar and then on bass i'd pick brian cook from botch because he has the most insane bass sound ever it sounds like being run over by a truck um and then on drums on drums i might pick the guy from mets i'm not sure what his name is but he's fucking awesome um, i might pick him <laughs> a weird lineup it would be a good band i reckon hey if you don't put it together you won't know so uh, that's <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. um awesome Matt. Uh, absolutely awesome buddy i appreciate that um, I want to thank you once again, Ash, for your time. I really hope the album is successful. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure many people can enjoy it. Um, just for a gentle reminder for all of you guys out there, the album is entitled The Lot Live Long After and it's coming out on the 27th of this month. Uh, I believe it's got a physical, it's coming out on physical as well. Is that correct, Ash? I know it'd be definitely yeah, digital. It's, yeah, it's uh, on vinyl. Um... And it's the first time we put something out on CD as well, which to me sounds like a dead format, but um, the label insists. So if you really want to buy it on CD because you're like a fucking 45-year-old man, um, feel free. That's what I've, I've kind of made a golden rule for 2021. That's whatever comes out that I'm buying, 
um, is kept getting bought on vinyl. So all this year's releases are vinyl. Yeah. Because yeah. Why? Why? Because it sounds better and it sounds warm and fuzzy, and it will put your arms around you and hug I, you. I just like I like being able to like hold it and like look at it and look at the and it always has like cool like inner notes and shit like that, and you can look at the lyrics and stuff while you listen to it instead of just like putting it on a computer and then doing other things while you listen to something. You know, it makes you concentrate on on the record a little bit more. That's what I like about it. Oh, 100%. I've got two examples of great art. So one is um, Eddie Van Halen's Project Mammoth. Um, I don't know if you've right. seen the outfit. I don't know if you've seen no. the outfit, but it's basically it's like a giant, it's a giant crap. And right. <laughs> uh, honest to God, if anyone's bought it on CD, fantastic for you. But if you haven't bought it on vinyl, you're not doing that artwork justice. It's probably some of the best Amazing. artwork I've seen in a long time. Um, one of my favourite bands, a band called Trivium, they are about to release their 10th album in October. And basically the artwork again will look fantastic on vinyl and i just think like you say you've got liner notes that you can hold um it's just i don't know it just feels like a better product at times i get the, i get the um what's what i'm looking for the ease of a cd you know it's, yeah, yeah. it's small you know it's, it's a compact disc and and whatnot but i don't know well i like i like like i'm one of those music fans that like likes to fetishize about music and like think about it way too much and make up my own little fucking stories about how records are made and stuff you know and having a product that you can hold and you can like look at pictures of the band that they took while they were making it and then look at little scribbles that the singer did like while he was writing the lyrics and cross outs and shit like that it just makes it it makes it way more personal doesn't it makes that fetishization a lot more real yeah i 100 agree with that 100 um, so for all you guys out there, if you want to keep an eye on what Sugar Horse are doing, you can do. Um, Sugar Horse are on Facebook, Twitter, um, I believe Instagram as well, although I haven't got yes. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. awesome. Uh, and that is the only place you're going to find pre-orders, information about shows, if you haven't booked. And don't forget, they have got an awesome album launch show in Bristol. So if you're in Bristol, get yourself to it. Don't be afraid come of along. COVID. Yeah, come, come along, along. shout at me. Shout, shout throw, throw your pants, throw whatever you want, with, as long as it's, you know, not heavy. Um, Ash, once again, thank you very much. It's been awesome to kind of get to know you guys a bit um, tonight. Like I said, I've been, you know, handed your, um, some of your songs from the from the PR guys and something different. It's been something different and very nice to listen to. Nice one. Thank you. Nice one. Thank you very much. No, I appreciate it, dude. And I'll catch up with you very soon. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Bye-bye now.